I think our competitive advantage is how hard we'll play. Hill. There it goes. Touchdown. Now Taysom runs out of trouble and runs into the end zone. Hill takes off again. He's in. I come in the offensive line. They stepped it up this week and done a great job. Asuke to the five. Touchdown. It was fun tonight. This is BYU Sports Nation on the BYU Radio Sports Network. Happy Monday, sports friends, and I do mean that quite literally. BYU 40, 15th-ranked Texas 21, record-breaking, dominating, and reinvigorating victory for the Cougars wherever and however you may be listening. Thanks for making us part of your day. I'm Spencer Linton. Jerem Jordan stands to my right, and this is BYU Sports Nation. So... How can one describe Saturday's game, Jerem? Mostly I've heard unbelievable and epic. I think the word epic is vastly overused in our society, but I mean, the BYU-Texas result probably deserves it. Now, here you have to take into account all of Saturday, and, and that's where I think you could say epic because uh, the weather. How crazy was the weather? Uh, props to the BYU fans, by the way, especially the Rock, Roar of the Cougars, the student section. They hung in there. They were there. And thanks to those who stayed with us on BYU TV, by the way, what is normally an hour pregame became a three-hour pregame uh, with the weather. And so BYU comes out. Uh, they don't just beat Texas. They pound Texas. They set a school record 550 rushing yards, 249 rushing yard, or 59 rushing yards from Taysom Hill for BYU. Just an awesome performance. And what a win. A win that BYU really needed going into what will become a... Uh, if not the biggest BYU-Utah game ever, given the circumstances of not playing for the next two years, one of the biggest and best ever. I'm going to give you props too, Jerem, because when rain started to pour down, basically your rundown as a producer for Countdown to Kickoff flies out the window. Yes. It all becomes fluid right now. And it's a good thing you have such vast experience reporting weather on BYU radio uh, in your backdrop <laughs> to help out with that situation. Yeah, that really helped. No, thanks to <laughs> our senior coordinating producer, Michael Miner, and director, Michael Hunter, and Julian Riley, and every, everyone with the productions. Uh, Dave McCann and Blaine Fowler took over coverage in the booth because our set was getting pounded. At the commercial break, I'll tweet out a picture of Alema Harrington, Brian Logan, and David Nixon. I don't know if their suits are ruined, but they certainly need to get to the dry cleaner maybe twice, three times to clean up what happened there. <laughs> Meanwhile, you and Kathy Aiken are on the sideline just trying to take cover uh, as our sideline reporters on the pregame game and postgame. Yeah, huddled with fans, <laughs> uh, trying to stay warm. We'll get to more of that in a bit, but my goodness, so much to talk about, and that's a great thing. Where does BYU go from here, and we'll try and gauge the fallout for Texas? We remind you of the many ways you can listen. Uh, BYU Sports Nation is on BYURadio.org, the BYU Radio iOS app, Sirius XM 143 and Dish Network 980. You can also tune in on demand each and every afternoon on the BYU Radio YouTube channel. And let's get to our poll question, which is, how many wins will BYU football have in 2013? Weigh in on BYUTVSports.com. Five or less, six to seven, eight to nine, ten or more. Weigh in on BYUTVSports.com. And we also remind you, coming up today, ESPN College Football Analyst and a member of the 1984 National Champion Cougar Football Team, Trevor Maddich, joins us as we roll out Maddich Monday. Not to mention live input from uh, former BYU linebacker and BYU TV analyst David Nixon. 
and where the win over Texas ranks within the Bronco Mendenhall era, excluding Utah. Yeah, Utah games are in and of themselves unique and big. And so we think, and we're going to discuss this, that this is uh, you know a top five game. I'm going to argue a little later that this is number two in the Bronco Mendenhall era of non-Utah games and their significance. Rise and shout, my friends. It's time for What's Trending. Topic number one, a monumental win. Fantastic win for our program. Complete team effort. Um, We played hard. We played physical. We played tough. We executed well. We controlled the the game on the ground. Had relentless pressure on their quarterback. uh, Kicked the ball well. And that led to the kind of game that you just saw. Bronco Mendenhall was very clear throughout the week that while they respect Texas, their program head coach, Mac Brown, they would not be intimidated. I watched the game twice last night. I watched BYU TV's rebroadcast, and then I watched the ESPN broadca- uh, broadcast. And by the middle of the third quarter, I mean, the defensive line for Texas looked defeated. They looked, they didn't know what to do. It was, it was incredible to see BYU take over that game defensively uh, as it progressed. It was interesting to see that the game plan was really similar to Virginia. I think BYU, threw, they threw the ball more at Virginia, but just Taysom keeping the ball, what that meant, and there were huge holes. The offensive line was tremendous, and we'll get to that in a moment, but Taysom Hill and the BYU Cougars and Jamal Williams and everybody, Broncos said, we won't be intimidated, and they weren't. BYU looked like the better team the entire game. It didn't matter who was carrying the ball. Like, Texas did not have an answer. This is Texas, a traditional powerhouse, one of the country's most storied football programs. BYU ran all over, around, through the Texas Longhorns. I mean... It wasn't just that BYU won. It's how they did it, which is, which is amazing coming out of that game. 550 rushing yards. Five fifty, A school what? record. That BYU. does not happen. That does not happen. Quarterback you, right? Incredible stuff. We talked about BYU's schedule at length last week and how a number of the games this year kind of feel like bowl games. Saturday was certainly no exception. College football, every every game, especially when you're independent, is a playoff game pretty much. Every game, there's, there's not really games that are bigger than other games. Every game, every Saturday is huge. Sky Povey, uh, BYU's starting boundary corner on Independence really creating a situation where every game feels like a playoff. Now, think about this, Jerem. If BYU loses the game to Texas, the buildup to the Utah game in two weeks now just loses a ton of traction. And a lot of fans are saying, we're done. Season's over. We might not make a bowl game. We're 0-2 for the first time ever in Bronco Mendenhall history. And now with this, people are like, we're going to go 11-1. <laughs> yeah, the excitement is back, and and the frustration ensues of, well, why did BYU lose to Virginia? You know, and you could be two and zero, and BYU's, uh, you know, thirty tw- uh, second in one poll. BYU would be ranked if they were two and zero, but they're not. They're one and one, and let's credit BYU for bouncing back. Taysom Hill in post game talked about the biggest leap is from week one to week two, and we saw that. Speaking of Taysom Hill, trending topic number two: run, Taysom, run. I remember on our bus ride over here. Yeah, I, I envisioned it. You know, I was I was thinking about the game and, and what we we're going to do offensively and we did it. We did it tonight. They did it for sure. And Taysom Hill led that charge. Jamal Williams quietly rushes for what was it? 
A buck eighty two. One eighty two. One eighty two. Yeah, somehow he was the second leading rusher in the game. Yeah, uh, he carried the ball thirty times. So, correct me if I'm wrong. That's sixty three carries through two games for Jamal Williams. Uh, I've got it right here. Sixty three carries. He's three hundred twenty six yards. Five point two yards a carry. Hasn't scored a touchdown yet, but one hundred sixty three yards a game. Second most total yards in America. You know who has the fifth? Taysom Hill now. Incredible BYU is two of the top five rushers in America. Taysom Hill, I think you said this earlier today, among FBF or FBS records, he rushed for the second most yards ever by a quarterback. In the last 10 years. In the last 10 years. Vince Young had the most, and I think it was more than Denard Robinson yeah. and several guys. ESPN had that uh, stat up. But amazing. And Taysom talked about how uh, in that bite that he envisioned success. He also said the team had expectations of having a successful ground game against Texas, but didn't expect what we saw Saturday. We expected to, yeah, to, to run them. We didn't expect to break the school record. But, um, hey, it was working, and uh, we were able to move the ball really efficiently through on the ground, and there was no need to go away from it. So we didn't, and, uh, you know, this, is, this was the result. The previous record in BYU football history of of rushing yards, was set in 1958 against Montana. And then BYU crushes it. I believe it was, what was it, 485, 465, something like that in the game. BYU goes 550 and puts up 600, you know, 700, almost 700 yards of total offense. Yeah, not in that by game. a yard. I mean, they, they blew away the old record by like 60-plus yards. That's silly. How does that happen? And there's only one aspect, by the way, that Bronco Mendenhall is uh, maybe frustrated with, with Taysom Hill's performance. I loved the way he ran. I didn't like the way he didn't slide. And we both smiled at the end, and he, I know, I know. And um, so, crap. <laughs> I, don't know what, I don't know what else to say. That's what uh, Manny Diaz in the Texas defense said. <laughs> crap, I don't know what else to say. It was funny to see Bronco kind of, Bronco, BYU head coach Bronco Mendenhall, kind of, Lose his train of thought and crap. I don't know what else to say. And then he walked off. Then he was done. He's done. He dropped the mic. <laughs> Leave. BYU got a guy fired. I mean, uh, and that guy being Texas Man- defensive coordinator Manny Diaz, Diaz yesterday fired. He he he's out of a job. Like when you do something like that, clearly uh, you've done something special. Manny Diaz is a great football mind, um, and it's unfortunate he'll end up somewhere else. He's going to coach again. Uh, he's too talented of a defensive coordinator not to get another job. But BYU, breaking that record, got him fired from Texas. I, I, wow. I mean, on his next job application, when they say... Okay, You're only so, as good as your last game, yeah. right? What, what was your reason for leaving Taysom Hill? <laughs> I, I, I led a quarterback rush for 259 yes. yards, a BYU quarterback. Yeah, I mean, and all I can say is incredible. I'm still trying to wrap my mind around what unfolded on Saturday night. If I would have told you after the game, I said, okay, uh, Texas is going to lead. Uh, they're going to lead twice. And uh, Taysom's going to go 9 for 16 and have an interception. He's only going to throw for 129 yards. What's the score? BYU loses by three touchdowns. By three touchdowns. Oh, but uh, Taysom will run for 259. Jamal will run for 182. And oh, yeah, Paul Lasique will run for 80, 87 and score a touchdown. And he was the third leading rusher. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we'll ever see a rushing game like that ever again with BYU. That was unbelievable. 
Three fantastic rushing performances, and that takes us to trending topic number three. What a difference a week makes. What was all the offensive line? I wasn't, didn't do anything fancy back there, just trying to hit the holes that they create. So um, I come in the offensive line, they stepped it up this week and done a great job. Paul Lasique right there uh, talking about his friendly bunch up front, the offensive line. And could the shuffle have worked out any better? Keep in mind, four of the five linemen that started against Virginia or Texas started against Virginia as well, but they were just in new places. Menaki Vitae was the only new starter, and uh, he added this after the win. I think just sticking to the simple task, making sure we took the right steps, being able to communicate a lot better this week, and understanding when we were going to double team and when we were by ourselves, and just being more physical and stepping vertically this week, I think was our main key. Jerem, how do you begin to explain the success of the offensive line when they were so suspect in week one, and now they set a school record against Texas, 15th ranked Texas, in seven days' time? What changed? The initial difference in my mind is that BYU actually started to get some first downs whether that was through the air or once Taysom took over with his legs, that once the chains got moving and BYU got a second and a third first down in a drive at the beginning of the game, you, tar- you start to get tired. We are, when we talk about fatigue, generally we talk about in the long term. A lot of it happens in the short term. Right away, you get tired on the sixth play of that drive, the eighth play of that drive, the tenth play of that drive. At that point, the BYU offensive line starts getting some push. They did a really good job. I think that Taysom made some plays just on his own uh, a lot of the time. But that line still had to sell the zone read to Jamal or Paula Sique or Michael Aliso or Adam Heaney or whoever it was. And once BYU got to the second level, how many tackles did Texas miss? They helped BYU tremendously. The Cougars initiated. Texas could not uh, do anything about it once BYU got to the second level. Taysom Hill ran through... Dozens. How many arm tackles of arm break? tackles in the game? Which is to his credit. And if you're Texas, you say, "Man, we did not tackle very well in that game." But BYU had to initiate it. That the offensive line got much better push in this game against a better defense. Even that defense is better than Virginia's, in my opinion. And Texas is going to end up a better team than Virginia. You know who should be the biggest Texas Longhorn fans now? Aside from Texas, BYU, BYU Cougars. Yes. Go Texas. Please win the Big Please 12. Please win out and win the Big 12 and make this win look great. Our producer, Ben Bagley, brings up a good point right now. He just uh, sent me a message that said, at one point, BYU ran 27 straight rushing plays. Wow. 27 straight. And, and this is not when the game's out of hand. This is in the context of the first half, yeah. When the game's still being played. So there came a point late in the second half where if you just rush, you're just milk clock trying to end this thing. And Bronco Mendenhall certainly had plenty to say about his team, and uh, he gave his thoughts on where specifically he saw improvement on that offensive line. They were assignment sound, but they also blocked harder, longer. They weren't just on the right people today. They actually blocked them with the right intensity and physical demeanor. I think he uses the, the right verbiage there, blocked them with physical demeanor. BYU... I don't know what they ate, what they drank, uh, what was said in the locker room, but keep doing it. Wow. And four, I mean, you four of the same five guys, and you just mix them? Just shuffle the deck. Tuesday, four of those guys are identified. 
and then Riker Matthews is put in at right guard. He had been playing left tackle for BYU all 13 games last year. Yeah, the for only me, guy, that was the most interesting move. Yeah, it, it really, Blaine Fowler, before the game, BYU uh, former quarterback and one of our analysts on the TV side, said he's a really tall guard, a, a 6'6 guard um, over there, and Taysom's you know, 6'2 and whatnot. But, yeah, we were joking that Taysom might not be able to see over him if, to throw the ball. Yeah, and maybe he didn't on a couple of those uh, 17 miscues, but BYU ends up a big winner. Coming up on BYU Sports Nation, some discord on the defensive side of the ball in post-game interviews. David Nixon will settle that dispute. You're listening to BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation on the home of the BYU Cougars, BYU Radio. Now we're, we're back even with this upset of the team, and now we, obviously we have Utah coming in. And, I uh, think it was wasn't an, wasn't an upset. That was BYU senior defensive back Sky Pove being interrupted by uh, senior linebacker Kyle Van Oy saying, <laughs> we were not upsetted. That was not an upset as uh, we welcome you back to BYU Sports Nation. Tweet out the show at BYU Sports Nation. Jerem Jordan alongside Spencer Linton. Follow us on Twitter at Jerem Jordan. And then Spencer Linton is at Spencer underscore Linton on Twitter. Uh, BYU getting the big win over Texas uh, on Saturday, and uh, a guy who is from Texas, College Station to be exact, David Nixon, will join us in a few moments. Uh, excited to talk to him. He was on the pregame show. I just tweeted out a picture of Alema Harrington, Brian Logan, and David Nixon, our guys on the pregame set for Countdown to Kickoff, uh, just getting hammered by the rain. <laughs> These guys were troopers. They are getting so wet. Meanwhile, Spencer, you're kind of on the set, but you were able to go and kind of hide and stay dry, if I'm not mistaken. Right? Yeah, I'm, I'm in the building try, across you know, the street and up the street away, just trying to make sure everyone's good. I, gotta, I mean, I got my, my fair share of uh, <laughs> that weather, but I was huddled in the middle of probably, I don't know, 60 or 70 BYU fans underneath one of the ramps and uh, watching the BYU TV monitor. <laughs> and you mentioned Alema and Brian and David getting hammered. I, it, was, it was such... An amazing sight to see a lemma with beads of water just dramatically <laughs> and not from hard work flowing off his face. <laughs> it was straight out of a movie. Let's update the poll results on BYUTVSports.com. How many wins will BYU football have in 2013? Right now, the leader is eight to nine at 56 percent, followed by ten or more with 33 percent, six to seven, nine percent, and then two uh, percent, five or less. So BYU fans hopeful and excited following that Texas win, as they should be. I think it's safe to say that the Texas win has uh, reinvigorated the fan base Absolutely. A- as a whole. As disappointing as the Virginia win or uh, loss was, the Texas win was more than exhilarating. Does BYU do what they did against Texas if they beat Virginia? That's a great question. I think that there was an added level of hunger. I don't know that it put BYU over the top to win by 19 hunger. Who knows? Maybe it did. We knew the defense was going to play well, and we talked a lot about a lot about the Jack Bauer mark twenty four. Twenty four. BYU, you know, scoring twenty four points or more, or giving up twenty four points or less, they win about ninety percent of their games when it, that's the case, and that happened against Saturday. Yeah, they just saw they just saw happen to do both of those things: scoring forty, well over twenty four, and then holding Texas to twenty one. We asked Joe Tessitore on Friday's show, the the guy that called the game for ESPN on Saturday. If he thought BYU's defense was talented enough to hold Texas to under 24, and he wasn't so sure, but sure enough, they did it. 21 points for the Texas Longhorns. David Nixon, 
former BYU linebacker, four-year NFL veteran. Uh, he now joins us on BYU Sports Nation. David, have have you allowed yourself to soak in the goodness of this BYU dominating performance over Texas? Man, I just can't stop grinning. This is uh, it's one of those things where you wake up every morning and you're still kind of surreal. But uh, I've been having a lot of texts from my friends back in Texas. You know, I grew up in Aggieland, and uh, that rivalry between A&M and Texas is just as fierce as the BYU-Utah one. And I've got a lot of happy Aggie fans that are glad that uh, BYU put it on them. This is my pom-pom. This is my pom-pom, David. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds awesome. (laughs) And it it is dry. It's not wet from uh, Saturday. We played a soundbite a moment ago, David, of Sky Povey saying, you know, we upset Texas, blah, blah. And then Kyle Vanoy interrupting him saying, we didn't. It wasn't an upset. In your mind, was it an upset? You know, I think uh, you go towards, you know, you look from the media standpoint, I think it is. It's, it's an upset, obviously, because they're a ranked team. It's Texas' big powerhouse. But I, I honestly can see where Kyle's coming from. I mean, it's hard to really say who's who, you know, two games into the season. Um, especially it's hard to grade BYU because they start off with such a, you know, cruddy game out east and the weather, the elements. Um, so it's hard to really judge who BYU was. It's really hard to judge who Texas was because you're two games in a season. But uh, I'm with Kyle. I mean, pride-wise, it's not an upset. I mean, uh, as, as BYU player, you, you expect to go out every week and beat whoever you, you play on that field. And um, But uh, I think media-wise, yeah, we call it an upset because Texas is a huge powerhouse and they're ranked 15th. But um, it's, it's, it's exciting. Once you get that mentality that you know there are no such thing as upsets, and you can't you can go against your Wisconsin's that we played later in the season, uh, and you can walk in that game being fully confident that you can go out there and, and beat them. So um, hopefully Kyle can kind of get the that uh, kind of kind of get that feeling instilled in his other players, teammates, and they can go out there and have that confidence each week. Each week they step on the field. David Dixon played four years in the NFL, former BYU linebacker and current BYU TV analyst joining us on BYU Sports Nation. David, I was standing next to you on the sideline, and uh, I saw you talking to Kyle Van Noy. During the game, uh, having some some good laughs and some smiles, what is your relationship like with him? And uh, what were you talking about? Yeah, you know, we uh, I just walked up behind him and I just told he was already dominating the game. I said, "Hey, keep doing your thing." And he turned around. It's been a while since we talked, um, and he just started laughing. And he's like, "Man, you can't sneak up behind me like that." And that's kind of Kyle. He's he's a really relaxed player, and that's something that uh, I think he can attribute to his success is that uh, he doesn't get up tight. Um, he's confident in his own skills, and uh, you know we chatted there for a second, even though the offense was out on the field. Um, and he actually asked me how my wife was doing. I mean, he he was just really <laughs> laid back, <laughs> just really laid back, and, uh, and and you know he's obviously very intent on the game. I, I, mean, I was actually talking to Chad Lewis the other day, and Chad was saying how I think it was last year against Idaho State, I believe, or Idaho, um, when we were up, you know, 50 points on them. And Chad walks by, and, and Kyle's talking to another teammate. And Chad walks by and goes, "Kyle, what's the down distance?" He turns right to him and goes, third and seven. <laughs> and he knew he knew at that instant what the down distance was. And and he told Chad right there, he's like, "Hey, it might you know, it might, it might look like I'm not paying attention, but I always know what's going on in the field." And uh, it's true. Kyle's a true student of the game, and uh, you know that's how it was us. You know, on Saturday night, we were sitting there joking, but hey, you could tell he just turned right back around. He knew exactly what was going on. Um, and I've always been impressed with them, and, and I got to know Kyle pretty well when I was working out in the NFL and, and still kind of involved down there at BYU uh, quite a bit. And uh, he's a hard worker, and, and he really is. He he knows exactly, um, you know, how to approach games. Uh, he he watches a ton of film, which I've always been impressed by. Him and I have watched film a few times together, 
and he's a true student of the game, and it's exciting to see him continue to develop. Um, you know, I still think he's got, uh, you know, tons more improvement to come. Um, but so far, that the product that he puts on the field is is, is pretty impressive, and uh, you know, he's excited to he's excited to keep going. Jerem Jordan and Spencer Linton with you here on BYU Sports Nation, talking with former BYU linebacker David Nixon, who spent some time in the NFL now, an analyst with us. David, you mentioned there's still areas of improvement for Kyle Van Noy. What do you think those are? You know, I, for me, I think it's just the little things. His pass rushing, obviously he, get, he had four quarterback pressures this, uh, on, on Saturday. Um, but th- that one extra step, and, and more than anything, his hand placement. When, you get it, when he gets to the next level, because of the NFL guys, you know, all, all, uh, all American and all conference, you know, all, all, uh, all American in college. And these guys are, are super good. So for him, for, for Kyle, it's going to come down to really the small things, his technique, uh, his moves he used to work on. I, I watched a little bit of film from this past week. A lot of it he did was uh, bull rushing where he attacked the tackle, tried to only use half his body so he doesn't get pinned up. Um, but he needs to use more of his hands. Um, and then continue to work on his takeoff uh, because there are some false steps that he uses. Um, but that's the, thing, that's the crazy thing, right, is he has false steps, yet he still gets to the quarterback and he hurries him four times. So, um, you know, that, that, that's what great players do. They, they realize, look, they never become complacent, and they're constantly trying to work on their game and, and, and craft their skill, and, and that's exactly what uh, Kyle does. He's always looking for, for tips and improvements. And, um, you know, it's been, like I said, it's been fun to watch him continue to get better and better each week. It's incredible to think about that Kyle can get better because right now uh, there are a number of NFL scouts that would take him as their first-round draft pick, and uh, obviously the potential is there. David, you were an, uh, a big part of a lot of wins for this BYU football team. You you helped BYU beat TCU on the road in 2006. It was a great win in the Bronco Mendenhall era. And we're going to open up our Cougar Chatter and invite uh, all of those listening to sound off. And we're going to ask you, David, where do you feel like this win over Texas ranks in the Bronco Mendenhall era, excluding the Utah games? So take Utah games out of the equation because those are always emotional and dramatic. Where do you feel like this win over Texas ranks in the Bronco Mendenhall era? That's a great question. When you kind of put everything into perspective, I mean, obviously the 2009 against Oklahoma was, was super impressive. Once again, you know, first game of the year, um, you know, the stage was, was huge down there at Jerry World and uh, everything went into it. But when you kind of take everything else um, into play, you know, 2006 was a, was a big time. I think we, had, we were 1-1 one and one, or 1-2. One and two. We, we started off kind of slow and we went down to TCU and, and kind of like the Texas game, a lot of people had already written us off before the game even started. A lot of people didn't have faith that we could go out there and, and, and put it on them. Um, and for us to come out of, you know, at, a, at an opponent's field, uh, Poland Stadium to come out there with the, that win, um, and then to kind of right the ship that year, we ended up going 11 and two, um, finishing I think 15th in the country that year. But the TCU team I think was ranked, um, you know, in the top 20 for sure. Uh, to go down there and beat them was was pretty special. And, and kind of like I said, the context behind it where you started off slow, we lost to Arizona that year, first game of the year, um, and this was like our next road test, and, and we were able to um, you know pull out that win. It was. Uh, you know, it was, it was a special time, but this one, it's kind of the same type of deal. We started, you know, this year against Virginia, lost that game, and people had started to kind of write, you know, BYU off. And for them to come home and face Texas, which is obviously a bigger powerhouse, you know, traditionally than TCU, um, and I'd even argue even more than Oklahoma, 
to beat them here at home, I think for our independence era was huge for us to kind of put our stamp on on, on this on this era that we've embarked on with this independence deal. So um, I don't know. It's, it's it's hard to measure them, but you know those three I'd say obviously Oklahoma, this Texas one, and the TCU one in '06. Uh, have been kind of game changers for the program, and, and I, I, I talked to uh, Tom Homo on the set. He came on the on the BYU TV set after we were done with the post game show, and uh, he was pumped. He he he's saying, "Look, I don't want to leave this place." You know, it was now eleven, I think eleven o'clock, eleven thirty at night, and he's like, "I don't want to leave this place. I, this this is, feels too good." And I said, "Well, you better start getting some scheduling going because nobody's going to want to come play BYU anymore. And if we keep you know beating all these teams and." He's like, well, we'll have to go play them on the road. And I think that's the next step that BYU really has to do. That you know, This year we've got the big test to get at Wisconsin. And in order for BYU to establish their dominance you know, as an independent squad um, and get that national recognition, they're going to have to go on the road this year and beat some, some big opponents. And you know, Wisconsin is definitely one of those. Even Utah State is, is shaping up to be one of those type of games. So um, you know, the, the road games is really where you, you, you mark your territory. But uh, you know, you got to take care of the ones at home, and, and they did it pretty pretty decisively this uh, this past Saturday. Jerem Jordan, Spencer Linton here with uh, David Nixon on the phone uh, here on BYU Sports Nation. In my opinion, it was number two in the Bronco Mendenhall era. Uh, and that TCU 06 game was definitely uh, top of mind. I think it's top five. Oklahoma 09 is number one to me. And then because of... Uh, not only the win against 15th-ranked Texas in Lavelle Edwards Stadium, but how BYU did it. 550 rushing yards. If BYU had just won, I would probably say top five. But because of the way they did it, because of the game Taysom had and BYU re-emerging nationally after disappearing after Virginia, uh, I think it's number two. And we want fans, we want you to weigh in on uh, at BYU Sports Nation on Twitter, tweet at us. David, uh, defensively, as a linebacker, going up against an offense like BYU had on Saturday, where did you see Texas start to crack and break? They, well, there were a few points. Well, I think the biggest thing was their assignments. You know, you look, you look back and watch the film, their linebackers, their D-line, were all missing their assignments. You know, the, the right option, the read option, whatever you want to call it, um, it, you have to be very assignment sound, and the fact that the DN has got the you know the the fullback dive, uh, the linebackers have got to be scraping to get the quarterback, and if there is a running back on that option, which BYU hasn't shown a lot this year, but if there is, then the middle linebackers got to be scraping. So everyone has an assignment, and and I, that I think that is why you know, Texas got gashed is because. Uh, you know, the, the linebackers and the DNs weren't doing their assignments. And if one guy breaks down, then you see exactly what Taysom did. You run for 60-plus yards for a touchdown because the rest of the players are all doing their own assignments. They're covering the receivers or tight ends or whatever it may be. And if there's one guy that doesn't do his assignment, it's, it's broken open. And, um, you know, I, that, was, that was the main thing. The second thing was, you know, if you started to look and watch them in that third and fourth quarter, those Texas defense players were gassed. And uh, understandably, you know, I mean, we BYU ran 99 plays, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, and, and it's it's kind of uh, it's not a huge shock that they they were exhausted, but um, you know, they they were, hands were on the hip. They were they were barely getting up off the ground by the time BYU was already set and uh, Taysom was ready to go. And um, you know, I I don't know if it was the altitude. Or I think it was more probably just the pace of play that really affected them. Uh, but those were two things that really stuck out to me when, when, I, when I go back and watch the game um, is, is the assignments down, how the assignments were constantly being missed uh, along with 
uh, you know, them just being just purely exhausted, which probably coincide. They go both hand in hand together because, you know, when you're exhausted, you're not thinking right. You're more worried about trying to get your next uh, gas of air than you are the, you know, what, what your next assignment is and who you're supposed to cover. So, um, you know, I, I think you saw that with them firing their defensive coordinator. I, I don't think he prepped them enough. I don't, I don't think they had a great plan going in to stop, you know, Taysom and uh, that running attack. And uh, I can guarantee you the teams going forward are going to have a, you know, a solution for that. But, you know, that's a great thing about Coach and I. I think he'll have a solution for, the, for them too. So um, the, the, the fun thing to watch that offense, to be able to use offense this, uh, this game, was to, to see kind of how many weapons now can be utilized when you have everyone healthy, uh, when you have everybody on the same page, how that offense can click, and then you can start to spread the ball. And that's what's exciting going forward. I mean, Cody had a few big catches. Um, Ross had a drop here or there, but he had a few catches. So, it's, like I said, it's exciting going forward to, to what this offense is capable of doing. And, you know, when they're all clicking on the same cylinders, it really just opens up that playbook and allows an eye to kind of just pick and choose what he wants to do. I'm going to give you a pom-pom for that insight, David Nixon. <laughs> I mean, that, just, that stuff just makes me excited. It's great to have you on board, and uh, we certainly appreciate you joining us on BYU Sports Nation. One last thing I want to bring up. I have a – there's something that drives me crazy that a lot of fans do at the end of games. Like when, when they beat a, a ranked opponent, somebody that is ranked overrated. higher than them, they chant overrated. Why do you do that? Because you're just saying that – well, you're not that good, so we should have beat you anyway. Like, no, yeah. revel in it. You're rated. We yeah, we beat well, you. At least at least they're chanting when we're beating a team. When we played Utah State my senior year, I think we're at the time. This is before we went down and lost to TC. We were ranked ninth in the country. We were up by like 21 points. I was there. Utah I remember State this. Fans. The Utah State fans were chanting overrated to us. When we were up really? Like <laughs> it, was, it was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. I just made me... Maybe sit back and laugh for a little bit, but classic no, Aggie I, move. I, yeah, classic, classic, <laughs> right? Uh, but uh, as for that, I agree. I mean, it, it, obviously, you want to give them as much credit as possible, so it looks better for you. But uh, you know, those fans for them, it's it's fun to rub it in their faces. And heck, I, I liked even rubbing it in Texas' face. It was it was fun to put it on them. I uh, like I said, I have almost much a dislike I have for Texas as for other schools around here. So. Um, you know, it, it was a fun. It was a fun win. Honestly, it was it was great to watch everyone clicking offensively, defensively. Guys stepping up, Alani Fua kind of emerging as as one of the big playmakers for BYU's defense. I'm excited to see his future ahead of him, and he's going to only continue to learn uh, from Kyle Van Noy and, and Coach, you know, K-Pop Kelly Papinga, who's doing a great job with him, kind of shaping him and and, and having him understand. I, I know I mentioned on our pre and post game shows on BYU TV that. Uh, you know, he came in and he was just raw talent. You know, his older brother plays in the NFL. In fact, I was in training camp with his older brother, big old nose tackle for the Panthers. And uh, he was talented. But then Alani comes in, he's kind of a skinny guy. But then you see him out there on the field and he's long and he's starting to understand the game and how it works. And uh, he really uses his, you know, athletic talent and is able to make plays. And, and so it was just fun to see guys stepping up and the offensive line finally gelling together after they got just – dominated week one they, they they came back rallied together and and you know you go back and you look you see those huge holes opening up all night long for Taysom Jamal and then, and then once that happens that opens up the passing game gets guys involved uh it's just exciting and you know it's it's gonna be interesting to see who shows up against Utah is it the Virginia or the or the Texas team I you know I'm, I'm confident the coaches will have that you know Texas team out there uh the, that that woke up on Texas but uh 
It's exciting going forward. I think, you know, if BYU can play like they did on Saturday, they're going to have a great shot in every game and, um, you know, really, really shock the, shock the nation hopefully this year. David Nixon, let's give him a rise and shout. Uh-huh. Oh, nice. That, Simultaneously with the, the pom-pom. Yeah. I, love, I love that sound. I'm going to get that up for my uh, phone, my ringtone. That's awesome. Hey, thanks for the time, my friend. Yep. Take care, guys. All right, coming up. ESPN analyst and former BYU national champion Trevor Maddich tells us why this win was so important for BYU on the national landscape of college football. This is BYU Sports Nation. This is BYU Sports Nation on the BYU Radio Sports Network. Now Taysom runs out of trouble and runs into the end zone. Tonight was unbelievable and I'm... I'm just grateful to be a part of not only BYU, but the defense. That was Dave McCann on BYU TV's Game Day Replay, and then Kyle Van Noy on the fantastic night, and grateful for being part of the BYU defense. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. The programming note, True Blue with Dave McCann airs tonight at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV. Get more reaction highlights and analysis from BYU's win over Texas, as well as a look ahead to a big game with that team up north, Utah. Blue starts at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time on BYU TV. Kyle Van Noy said something that was really interesting to me uh, about Utah. We don't like them, they don't like us, and that's okay. Yeah. Trevor Maddich was an offensive lineman for the 1984 National Championship. BYU Cougars played in the NFL for five teams between 1985 and 96 and has been a very talented college football analyst with ESPN since 2007. Trevor will join the program on Mondays throughout this college football season, and we affectionately call it Maddich Mondays. Welcome to the show, Trevor. Great, Spencer. I'm really glad to join you. Can you really quickly just sum up the importance of this win for BYU on the national landscape, given that you work at ESPN around a a lot of prominent personalities on the air? Well, it gives them a chance to get back into the conversation and especially the way their schedule shakes out. Because, you know, losing to Virginia kind of bounced them off of people's hopes that that we could talk about them nationally. And stomping Texas to the degree that they did puts them right back there. Now, all of a sudden, the schedule shakes out so that they've got some games that are winnable. And then they play another couple of tough games with Georgia Tech and Boise State in October. Then they get through that, and they've got Wisconsin and Notre Dame in November. And so if they can now continue to improve, and there are certain areas where they still need to really improve, that all of a sudden BYU has a chance to be in the conversation in November for a potential BCS buster, even though they lost to Virginia. And you may see a situation, uh, Trevor, Jerem Jordan, uh, with you. And Trevor, uh, appreciated your help on Football Media Day. I know we worked a little together uh, with that behind the scenes. Uh, BYU may have a situation, should they successfully navigate through this schedule where they could be in northern Illinois uh, if the AAC, the American, uh, Louisville, stumbles and doesn't produce that. And that's looking way out there, but uh, looking at the game uh, and what BYU did, 550 rushing yards. You were an offensive lineman. BYU passed the ball a ton during your time. 550 rushing yards for a BYU team. That's quite impressive. Yeah, Jeremy, it was was amazing. And and I was watching that offensive line, and you could see their confidence grow as the defense fatigued. Now, it wasn't just that the defense struggled in the fourth quarter because they were tired. I mean, BYU's rushing attack went well in the first quarter as well. And they ran 28 plays in that first quarter. I tweeted out after that that 
that that bears watching because altitude matters. And if you can run that many plays that early, then you can get them tired out in the second half. But even so, in the first half, you could see the offensive line, their body language. They were excited. They were confident. And there's nothing better for an offensive lineman than to look across that line and know that your opponent knows you're about to hit him in the mouth. And you're going to like it. And there's nothing he can do to stop it. And you will win and then hit him in the mouth again the next play and win again. And that dominance of another human being on the football field is one of the greatest feelings for an offensive lineman. And they felt it for 72 rushing plays in this game. BYU ran 99 offensive plays. Isn't that great? One short of 100. Come on, guys. 115 was the FBS record, by the way. 115. BYU came that close. Yeah, that, I mean, that was, that was great. But the only way you do that is if those plays are successful. If you go three and out, you get three at a time. But they, they kept on moving the chain. The, the thing that concerns me, though, is that with all those rushing yards, and it was dominant. And, by the way, that Texas defense has a lot of talent on it. Now, they struggled last year. You know, they fired their defensive coordinator now. But they had individual talent that you had to deal with as individual BYU players. But what concerns me is that you should have a, a tremendous – passing game with that kind of a rushing attack because the defense should be up at the line selling out to stop the run. And certainly they were. And yet BYU only completed 33% of their passes in this game, and that's concerning to me. When you look at the the Georgia Tech teams that were contending for ACC championships the last several years, they only threw the ball a few times a game, but they averaged like 25 yards a pass because you'd have a big, tall receiver like Calvin Johnson sprinting down the middle of the field with only one guy to chase him, and the ball would go straight up in the air. Johnson, who's now Megatron for the Detroit Lions, would go up and catch it. And the receivers have a guy, or the, Red, the Cougars have a guy like that in, in Cody Hoffman, and yet he only caught two passes in this game. And so that, for all the excitement for the rushing attack, and that's really exciting, you've got to complete more than 33%, and that's going to be the, the big emphasis over the next two weeks heading into the Utah game. Trevor Maddich, ESPN college football expert and former BYU talented offensive lineman joining us on BYU Sports Nation. Jerem Jordan, Spencer Linton here. Trevor, you bring up a great point. Jerem and I were talking about the 33% completion rate. What did you observe uh, in Taysom's footwork, his throwing motion? What do you feel like he needs to work on to kind of settle himself down in the pocket? Well, settling himself down is, is really it. I think he's trying too hard. I mean, he's got tall receivers. And all he needs to do is what he did with, with Cody Hoffman. Both of his catches were contested, but both of them, the ball was lofted up to give him a chance to, to go up and get it, and he will. Ross Oppo, same way, tall receiver. They've got others that are tall. So he just has to stop trying so hard, I think, and relax and understand that he has a matchup advantage if he just puts the ball in a place where they can get it. He doesn't have to be Tom Brady of the New England Patriots. I will tell you this, though, about Taysom, and this is what impressed me more than his rushing yards, was his ball handling. There were so many times when I watched the wrong guy. In other words, he would mesh with the running back on the zone read, and I thought he gave the ball to the running back. But as it turned out, he kept the ball and went around the corner. And I watched zone read every day, hours a day, as I watch tape preparing for ESPN College Football Live, and I see Oregon run the zone read. I see everybody run the zone read, and nobody is as deceptive uh, with the ball handling as Taysom Hill. I don't know if he's trying to be deceptive because it's not really a fake. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's a mesh as he reads the defense to decide whether to hand it or to pull it out. But still, the way he does it just is naturally tricky. 
And that makes it that much harder for the defense because he's faster than they think. Another thing that I noticed in this game about Taysom's running was that defenders tended to miss him from behind. They would take an angle, misjudge his speed, and then get there just barely too late. So Taysom ran through arm tackles from the side or from behind rather than having to run through a defender's body who set up in front of him to tackle. And that also bodes well for BYU because it's hard enough to tackle a guy with Taysom's physical capabilities. But if he's deceptively fast or has deceptive ball handling and it causes you to be out of position for just an instant, then it creates the ability for him to use that power to run through your arms. Well, Trevor, we appreciate the time. We look forward to uh, more Maddich Mondays throughout the college football season. And when's the next time we can see you on ESPN? Uh, I will be on College Football Live and Sports Center on Wednesday and Thursday, and then Saturday College Game Day on ESPN Radio from noon to 7 Eastern. So wherever you are in the country, if you're driving around and not in front of a TV watching BYU, put on ESPN Radio. We'll be there. Awesome. Thanks, Trevor. Appreciate the time. All right, y'all. Trevor Maddich of ESPN, former Cougar lineman. Coming up, the Cougar Whip Around. Plus, who gets today's rise and shouts? This is BYU Sports Nation. Now, here's the Cougar Whip Around. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan here. Let's get to it. Football. BYU senior kicker Justin Sorensen is one of three kickers named to the Lou Groza National Kicker Award Stars of the Week. Sorensen made four field goals, career high and all four extra points in BYU's 40-21 win against 15th-ranked Texas. In other news, Taysom Hill, CBSSports.com Offensive Player of the Week, Athlon Sports National Player of the Week, and the FBS Independent Players of the Week, Defensive Player, Alani Fua, Offensive Player, Taysom Hill, Special Teams, Justin Sorensen. Soccer. Friday night, the sixth-ranked women's soccer team beat rival Utah 1-0 on a penalty kick in the 88th minute by Ashley Hatch. BYU improves to 4-0 this season. The Cougars play at Oregon Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern on the Pac-12 Network. Women's volleyball. BYU's 4-3 on the season after winning 2-3 in the Portland State Tournament over the weekend. Keep Portland weird. The Cougars host Montana State Tuesday in the first home match of the season. Watch it live on BYU TV tomorrow at 9 Eastern with Spencer Linton on the call. Woo! Golf. The women's golf team begins the season today by hosting a tournament at Hobble Creek Golf Course in Springville. The tournament includes Utah Valley and Weber State among the 14 teams in competition. Good stuff in the Cougar Whip Around. BYU Sports Nation breaking news. Okay, this just in, uh, receiving word of the BYU-Utah time uh, for kickoff for September 21st, Saturday, September 21st, uh, being told 8.15 Mountain Time, 10.15 Eastern on ESPN2. So BYU gets the late game on ESPN2. The Utes and Cougars will square off. Utah has beaten BYU three straight years, trying to make it four. Uh, Pretty sure Kyle Van Noy uh, will lay his life on the line before that happens. Yeah, he's he's said uh, it's you know the Super Bowl to him, and it's a big game. So good to know it's going to be a, a a long late day. But if there's any game that you're okay with being that late, it's the BYU Utah game. Hey, how about today's rise and shout goes to Roar of Cougars and Athletic Marketing. Uh, the Rock in general is fantastic on Saturday night. It was awesome. The uh, Cougar Walk, I didn't. I just got to see it. I didn't actually go out there. I know you were nearby. 
but just seeing it and putting it in the pregame, it was awesome. It looked like things that you see elsewhere. I'm okay with BYU quote-unquote copying other things. How do you start a tradition? You just do it, and then it sticks, and it becomes what you do, you know? And uh, BYU is not the first team to do this per se, but I loved it. Who cares if other teams are doing it? Who cares if you see BYU doing things that other teams have done? Other people are doing things that BYU does too. But the Cougar Walk was awesome. I loved seeing uh, the marching band come down. Did you see the video of the the bass drum running into a pole? He didn't see the <laughs> pole, just ran right into it. But the uh, the student section all together now, the uh, giant um, you know white uh, I don't know whatever you call them drapes at midfield you know banners after the third quarter. Uh, they just really set the tone. I, I think that. There were and there was going to be more. There were going to be skydivers delivering the game ball. There was going to be fireworks. Those couldn't happen due to weather, of course. But rise and shout goes to them today. Yeah, on Friday, Bronco Mendenhall uh, told me that he he envisions one day that uh, they can get uh, clearance from whoever they need to on on the Provo City Council to have people camp out and and stake their claim on those seats. And he says he, he very much anticipates that happening soon. So uh, football madness just gets that much more intense. We reset some breaking news here on BYU Sports Nation. Saturday, September 21st, BYU and Utah will be on ESPN2, 8.15 p.m. Mountain Time, 10.15 Eastern. Again, that's BYU-Utah. It will air on ESPN2, 8.15 p.m. Mountain Time, 10.15 Eastern. You heard it here first on BYU Sports Nation. And uh, just quickly want to get to some of the tweets. At G Hansen 25 our question was, where does the Texas win rank in the Bronco era aside from Utah games? Glenn uh, Hansen says second behind Oklahoma. Uh, so he agrees it. with you. Yeah. Uh, David Hatch says, hard to say. Maybe they still win, but not, uh, but not like that. Um, he says, uh, Paul Ryan says, I don't know what we'll, uh, that we really know where this BYU football win fits into BYU history until later in the season. For me, I've slid it into second until we find out otherwise. I, right now, for me, given everything that happened in that game, it automatically becomes one of the great wins at home. I mean, record-setting win against Texas. They didn't do this against Southwest Texas State. They did it against Texas. Yeah, and it, I don't think BYU, I don't think, even if Texas runs the table and wins, let's say they win the national championship, I still think the Oklahoma win was bigger. It's in Jerry's house. It's in uh, you know Cowboy Stadium. On that stage, ESPN, the whole nation knew it. And the fan reaction in the streets was crazy. University Avenue was nuts with BYU fans going crazy after that game. Uh, hey, great show today. Big thanks to everyone that joined us. Trevor Maddich, David Nixon. Also, thanks to everyone on our BYU Sports Nation crew, producer Ben Bagley, senior coordinating producer Michael Miner, BYU Radio Station Manager Don Shaline, production assistants Alan Miller and Spencer Elvis King, and our engineer Aaron Evans. Check out archived episodes of the show on BYU Radio's YouTube channel every afternoon. For Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. Have a fantastic Monday. You just listened to BYU Sports Nation.